Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 62. My name is Patrick. I'm joined by Seth and Steve. Say hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. I won't be talking about wrestling this week. Probably for the best. Hello, everybody. I am also here, and I also will not be talking about wrestling. <laughs> best, I was hoping that Stephen would take up my mantle. I, too, am not talking about wrestling. How, how, are we all, how are we all so brave yet so controversial? I'd call it cowardice. You know what? I wouldn't. I'd say that we're doing what the people want. We got a lot of angry emails about that wrestling stuff, so I think we just we're just gonna take the L. I thought the angry emails was about how I fucked up the uploads. That's a bit of a, a bit of, bit of, bit of a couple of L takes all around, as uh, the yeah, president of the United States would say. It was like a 50-50 split there, because I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of them weren't even about wrestling. They were just personal attacks on Steve, which fair enough, but. A lot of them did Ooh, want me to just have a funny um, catchphrase, which for this episode. Um, oh, here no. we go. No, no, the no. The catchphrase. No, no, no. So every time uh, a, a bird flies outside my window, I'm going to say, Arr! I want you to follow along at home. You know, I was kind of scared what? that after watching some presidential memes, Arr! Stephen was going to say that every time I talked, he was just going to cut me off by saying, I'll take. <laughs> I can do that if you'd like. I'd well, prefer you not. I'll take, I'll take, L. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot, imagine telling me that. Oh, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> bird. God damn it, now he's got two. <laughs> L- so common I guess, I guess we should, we should, we should catch, catch the, uh, the audience up on, on the, the in-joke for this week, which is not like Stephen's catchphrase because it's more inclusive and better and not shit. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all very much enjoying uh, the artificial voice generation of presidents uh, playing video games. Very, very funny. Highly... Highly recommended you go jump straight headfirst into that rabbit hole on YouTube. It's uh, the only bangers. AI content that I agree with. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, terrible what they're doing ripping off artists, but immensely funny what they're doing ripping off old people. Oh man, have you seen the controversy with Corridor Crew lately? I do not know who Corridor Crew is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Corridor Crew, for Steven and for anyone that doesn't know, is a VFX uh, YouTube crew. They just do a lot of um, visual effects stuff on YouTube and... I think they also do the Boston Dynamics like ripoff videos, like they made it. They made um a CG robots that just fucked things up. They did a couple, yeah. Uh, that was a while ago now, though. Yeah, that was a few years ago. Uh, they just recently did a video where they use um AI to, uh, they film themselves and then they use AI to uh change the stylization of the um the video to be in, uh anime inspired, and they just took an entire anime and shoved it into the um, AI to make it learn that style, and a lot of people are giving him flack for it. Rightly so. Wow, what, what, what are you, Seth, like an animator or something? Yes, yes. <laughs> not, not a 2D one, that's significantly harder than what I do. I'm a 3D animator. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to make an anime joke, but I can't really think about it. Um, was that out of or was that another bird? A bit of both. <laughs> A bit of both. Yeah, there we go. First true thing you said all episode. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is pretty impressive, but the, the tech is, uh, problematic is probably the right word. Uh, there's obviously a couple lawsuits ongoing with where that sort of tech ends up in terms of ripping off artists to make the tech that then rips off the artists. So. I think a lawsuit actually passed where copyright doesn't protect um. AI novels anymore. Like, you can't copyright them. Ah, that's they, interesting. Or they infringe on copyright laws, one of the two. Ah, oh, so it's either one... Oh, okay. So, so what I'm saying, if I get an AI to um, 
write Lord of the Ring, is the AI's work no longer copyright, therefore I can take the AI's work and copyright it, therefore I've written Lord of the Rings? Is that what we're saying? No, you can't take the AI's work to copyright it. You won't be allowed to do that. Oh, right. No, no, but if I copy the AI's work word for word and then it's my work, <laughs> um, can I do that? Are you allowed to do that with Lord of the Rings as it stands right now? Um, I don't know. I could try. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm going to do it right now. You know what, Steve? <laughs> do it. See what happens. I will. Yeah, Fuck around right, and cool. find out. Common Stephen W. But, but mostly do the finding out because I'm, I'm actually kind of interested. Copyright law with artificial intelligence is like a weird intersection now. Yeah, so welcome back to the, uh, the AI podcast. <laughs> um, or if you're like 16-year-old Steven, you think it's pronounced. Whoops, I just dropped my mouth. All right, so, you know what? To, to, to continue this AI chat, um, did anyone else want to touch on Elon Musk saying that he's going, oh, to, make, here we go. <laughs> he's going to make an anti-woke uh, AI chatbot? Oh, Do you think it's funny that there is no word for anti-woke? Like, it's, like it's, there's woke and then there's just anti-woke. So at what point is it just normal? It's like asleep or something. Like, I don't know. What? Like, you know, you know what? I don't know. I'm rambling. I know what I'm trying to say. Is that a bird or are you panicking again? <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, it's always my, both. Now on, it's both. My, in my mind, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have the, uh, the question answered as he's panicking. <laughs> Pray for the best. Do that if your manager yells at you or gives you any type of feedback. As much fun as it would be to dunk on Elon like everyone at Twitter constantly does. Uh, why don't we talk about something more, more video game, more, more, uh, I was going to say pop culture, but I realized that is kind of unfortunately where the cultural zeitgeist is at. Um, poke, uh, video, video game chat though. Um, Woo, video games. Woo. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hey, whew, we're back in it now. Not to uh, come up as a news piece, but I think Steve had a PSA around raids. Uh, yeah, actually, to be honest, uh, you're better off doing the new raids for uh, Iron Leaves and uh, Walking Water, whatever it is. You're literally just better off doing them uh, by yourself. They're, they're five stars. You can do them by yourself pretty easily. Uh, provided you've got like, the, the right Pokemon, they are like semi, like they're decent for five star raids, but literally there are, there are some dumb people in the world. Uh, you're better off doing it by yourself. That's my PSA. Do you think my armor can take it? Uh, I don't I, know which way. I, I got, I got the water one. Uh, probably not. Thanks. It's actually like, like, because it's because uh, that uh, uh, walking water or whatever fucking name is. The I think it's walking wake. Yeah, yeah, waking water. Walking. It doesn't matter. The lost raptors weekend. Wind waker. Zelda. Um. Wind waker is wind an sleeper. easy yes. Here we common common in, <laughs> common inside joke. Um. <laughs> uh, it's 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 sets up sun, but it's like special ability. Sorry, it's signature move. Increases its water damage done by like fifty percent, like it's pretty wild. Um, so I don't think bringing a fire type is the best. But yeah, that's your Scarlet and Violet raid tip of the week, sponsored by. Uh, it's definitely not sponsored by them, uh, unless they do donuts. We are not intro or funny genitals no, 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 you can put it, on let trucks. Let it be sponsored by that. That means Stephen has to pay us. No. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, good point. Yeah, no, I, I, I like this. I like this, Seth. My bad. Uh, if you just Seth edit that out. Um, right, round the lounge for this week. Uh, Steve, what have you been up to other than whatever the fuck your panic noise is? Um, I've been playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Oh boy, here we go. Good thing Josh isn't on this, weekend, uh, this week. Back on my anime game bullshit. I know Josh thinks this is the worst game in the entire world, um, but I have uh, banished him into everybody's favorite 
Dragon Ball Z movie reference, The Dead Zone. Uh, and that is where he is while we discuss this. Oh, okay. Uh, Seth? I finished Tales of Rise finally. I've been on that for like two months and I've been holding off talking about it till I was done. How many hours do you reckon it took you? My playtime is at like 80, but I left it idle for a lot. So I'm going to guess somewhere between 60 and 70. Huh. And that's doing mostly everything. You, you left it idle for a lot. So 25% of your playtime might have been UAFK. Yes. Why are you leaving an idol? Aren't because you I start you won't it up, have- I do something in it, and I get asked to go to the shops. Look, close the game. No, I quick could. save button or something? It, it does. I've, I, could, I could have put it into sleep mode. It's, it's not multiplayer. You can pause it. Pausing it doesn't stop the timer, but putting it into sleep mode, whatever. I don't know what the point I'm trying to make is, but yeah. Okay. How long to beat Tales? Anyway, yeah. So what have you been up to this week, Pat? Uh, I have spent way too much of this past week playing Neon White, as was hinted at by, by our brief chat last week. Um, holy shit, what a game. Finished it. Um, I am at the stage where I'm contemplating doing the uh, White Hell Rush, which is playing every level in the game and not being able to die. <laughs> we'll how see. Many, how, <laughs> how many levels is that? Uh, 97, I think. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, but the same thing, like some episodes are like less than 30 seconds. <laughs> episodes. Some levels are less chapters. than uh, chapters. Steven, you saw us doing some levels, levels in under eight seconds. Yeah, they're very small. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, some of us under eight, some of us under seven and a half, but, you know, who's, 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 who's counting, really, other than the leaderboard, but who, who else? I think we were both under seven and a half. It was just that you were slightly ahead. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> you know what? Fuck this podcast. I'm playing Neon White. Hey, there we go. There we go. All right. Little antagonism in here. Um, yeah, I, because of this exact situation, I know that you're going to end up playing it. Um, I, is, that, is that the next thing on your list, Seth? Uh, potentially. Most likely. Once I goad him into bringing him back, uh, just when he thinks he's out, I drag him back in. Um, yeah, so I, I want to talk a little bit about Neon White, but I won't touch any of the story. Um, I actually need, need you guys need you guys help with something, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll bring that up when, when we talk about it. Um, so maybe we should with, start with Neon White then. That, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm making an executive decision. Ne- Yee, next time, indeed. Ne- ne- next time you see uh, like a, a schedule and the the sheet that we're looking at that says how this will go, just feel I'm free to actually read it. Oh yeah, I, I I we've never done that before, have we? I don't look at that kind of stuff. No, well, Patrick see, always does that, but I, I always uh, think he does. I think he, I, I usually think he does it at the end of the episode. Yeah, well, what I'm looking at the moment has neon white first, so it, it do. And Stephen's cursor is nowhere near it. I'm reminded by actually no, no. I'll put it a different way. It's shit like this that makes me think maybe I would be better off soloing raids. I, t- I literally told you that. You are my 13th reason. Anyway, uh, Neon Again. White. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's my fucking catchphrase. Swear to God, I'll do it one day. Um, uh, <laughs> Neon White. Uh, so, I, I, need, I, I need a little bit of help, and, and not in the normal uh, cry for help that, that I ironically bring this up. Um, I, I need some help from you two, and even perhaps you at home listening to this. Uh, when we did our um, end of the year Bumblecast episode 55 banger episode, go listen to it. Let us know uh, in the comments how much you enjoyed it. I gave my top five of the year as Sunbreak, which slight technicality because Rise has been out for the, the couple of years prior. 
Uh, but Sunbreak, Elden Ring, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, Pokemon, uh, Scarlet Violet, and uh, Need for Speed Unbound. I have enjoyed Neon White so much that I think it's a top five, and I even think it might be a top three. I don't think you can retroactively change last year's scores. That, that's, that's the thing I need help with. I, I need us to fast travel back in time. Can you help me with this? Patrick, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're the one that said you had the Life is Strange powers last week, not us. <laughs> oh, oh callback to oh, call back to a previous game. See, oh, I listen sometimes. Oh, life see, is strange. I knew that you would say that because I have Life is Strange powers and already went through this conversation and you record and you responded exactly how I expected you to. So Yeah, yeah. what do you say? Uh, well, much like in Well no, much like in the end of Avengers, <laughs> why did that get Seth be better? Uh, much like at the event, uh, at the end, uh, end of Avengers Endgame, uh, good old Benedict Cucumber sitting there uh, going through all the different possible realities. If he tells Tony Stark what happens, then we don't save the world. So I can't mm. tell you how, how, how Seth reacts. It's just, you know, you know how it is. You, you, you know, good cop out. Travel, good cop out indeed. I'm sorry, Seth, uh, Steve, did you say they were good cops? Good cop out. Then when you we have to let a cop go outside. The good cops? Yeah, there's cops out and about and you're calling them good. <laughs> no, so the point is with that turn of phrase, um, it's just like a common thing to say. Well, as, as the cops say to you frequently, Steve, put down the shovel. Stop digging. Leave the grave alone. I don't um, know what's- Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I'm actually thinking that uh, Neon White- uh, is so good that I, I, need to, I need to revise my top five list. Even, even if it's unofficial, even if it's unofficial, it's just between us, you know, us, us three and It's and, officially and unofficial. Lo- lovely, parasocially uh, grouped in listener at home. Um, I need help figuring out whether it is above or below Elden Ring. Below. There you go. That was easy. <laughs> well, yeah. It, I- now, I'm in a difficult <laughs> position because- you haven't told us why it should be above. You're just telling us to change your list. We need a description of what you feel about this game. Oh, and if you'd start giving me knee-jerk above or below responses, I'd get to that, Steve. Well, yeah, I'm going to do my knee-jerk one right now. Oh, I don't like your knees. <laughs> I, I haven't finished you're it, so I can't it. say for sure, but I know how incredibly toxic we both got. So I think it does kind of... <laughs> it could slink into that above Elden <laughs> Ring spot. Where the fuck is this going? <laughs> <laughs> so you know how toxic I am when I'm playing Sunbreak with people that are shit at the game, right? So it's kind of a similar deal. <laughs> it's an um, enjoyable no, the, toxic. So, so the thing is, um, I, I think that my top five goes Sunbreak, Neon White, Elden Ring, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, Unbound. And I, and I take out Pokemon Scarlet Violet. Now, oh, the reason really? Why You'll take out the fourth place and leave fifth place in? It's true. Partially, and it's kind of annoying, but it's partially because I, I like one of my favorite genres is racing game. So to have a racing game that I did enjoy for all its faults kind of biases it higher than it should. Maybe but at the same time, it's, it's like it's your list at the end of the day. Like if you prefer one genre over another, it's no, but like- the, so I'm, I'm, I'm so I, I, I get where you're coming from on that, Steve. The thing is with Elden Ring, right? I'm trying to figure out whether so I enjoyed uh, uh, Elden Ring, as I talked about what, three episodes, four episodes ago when I finished it. The thing is. I'm putting, I put it in second place, one, because I did enjoy it quite a lot, but two, because of how much uh, content there was to do and how well it was executed and all the other sorts of things that were kind of tangential to my gameplay experience of it. Like if I hadn't done, like I I haven't done all the content in Elden Ring, 
And I don't know how much more of the content I could have missed and still said this is a fantastic second best game of the year game. Neon White does not have the same breadth of content. Every level is linear. You know where the goal is. You, uh, your, your entire purpose is to get to that goal as fast as possible. So I think on a pound-for-pound pound gameplay basis, I prefer the gameplay of Neon White to the gameplay of Elden Ring. But if this was your tier list, would you only consider the gameplay value or would you consider what the game is? Because the game, in terms of scope of what it offers you, Elden Ring kicks Neon White's ass every day of the week. So this is the, this is the internal struggle that I'm, that I'm grappling with at the moment. For me, it's a mixture of um, what the game has to offer and how I felt playing the game. It, At the end of the day, video games are supposed to be have, that. Yeah. At the end of the day, video games are supposed to be fun. Which one did you have more fun playing? It seems that uh, there was a bit more of social fun with Neon White because you were competing with uh, Seth and other people on your friends list. But so the when I, conversations when... around Elden Ring might have also contributed to that fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when I think about the, the highs of, of playing both games, uh, a lot of how the boss fights, particularly towards the end, went was this boss fight is epic, I'm getting my ass kicked. And then at the end, it was, holy shit, I finally did it. I feel an immense sense of relief of not having to do that again. Whereas I have legitimately popped off, and I do not pop off often, <laughs> but I have legitimately popped off multiple times playing Neon White to actually just nail a route. Uh, some of them to beat Seth's times because goddamn he's been putting up a fight. But other times, we're literally just... frames apart. <laughs> this could be us, but you playing. Um, whereas other pop-offs are much later on in the game, where uh, the ways to improve your time are like not clear at all. And when you finally figure out what the route is and you execute the route, you feel godlike. And I think that high is more than the high of beating a boss that has kicked my ass for the past, like Malakath kicked my ass for like six hours. I mm. didn't feel good when I beat Malakath. I felt like, I'm not even sure if, if relief is the right word, that the last Malakath fight, the one where I actually won, went so much into my favor that I almost felt cheated. Not that I ever want to take that back. I never want to do that again. <laughs> but it's just, it's a different kind of high, you know? So that, that's why I think. The gameplay is stronger for me for Neon White, but what the game is, is a lot more focused and, and not as impressive as Elden Ring. Mm. No, yeah, I can, I can it seems definitely like you're get it. Yeah, it seems like you're trying to justify Elden Ring more when it sounds like Neon White and just sort of push it out. Like, yeah, Steve, Steven's kind of got a point. It sounds like you're trying to justify keeping Elden Ring in its place when your heart's trying to tell you Neon White was the more enjoyable game and should go into that second place. Yeah, like, you can talk about level design, you can talk about the frustration of getting stuck at a boss and the relief you felt when you get past it, uh, but... The joy of discovery. Yeah, and, and all that kind of thing, but at the end of the day, Neon White is a sort of different game to Elden Ring. It encourages perfection and it encourages small, Just sharp like my parents. levels. You got that homework ready, big fella? <laughs> the kid next door got an A+. Plus. Why'd you only yeah. get an A? <laughs> yeah. uh, the kid next door got under seven seconds. <laughs> um, and that's just out of the side of the bedroom. Uh, so hey, I think- Wait, I, think wait, it's, wait, wait, oh, whoa, I take that what? back. What the fuck, Steve? <laughs> uh, no, so I, I think it, it seems like you're trying to give 
Elden Ring the benefit of the doubt because in a sense of like a game design sort of sense, it is better. But for someone like me who literally Neon White seems like a game I would fucking hate. Like, just let me <laughs> pass the and be done. Like, there is the competitive element to it, but I really wouldn't care for that. All right. Let, let me, I, let me yeah, if you it. wanted to just pass the level and be done, you, I think the best you need to get is, like, at least a bronze in every level. But that doesn't yeah, seem but, like the, yeah, the purpose of bronze, I, I think you get a bronze just by finishing the level, though. But I it's don't it, think but there's a timer for bronze. Sorry. That's only- you, you Well, go. no, 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 no. I, um, <laughs> sorry, another bird. Um, <laughs> worried we forgot about my catchphrase. Um, but- uh, for someone like me who, like, isn't that competitive uh, in this type hey, of Patrick, stuff. Patrick, how funny do you think it would be if I just inserted a different sound clip every time Stephen made that I don't think that would be funny at all. I don't think that would be funny at all. Now that you mention it, that would be pretty funny. Um, vote for the sound clip that you want inserted. <laughs> It'll be too well, late. I, I realize that doesn't make uploaded. sense in context, but... <laughs> all the people that were live streaming too. But no, it, it definitely does. So Neon White doesn't seem like it would be my type of game. Yeah. But at the same time, it seems like you and Seth um, had a fantastic time competing for the best time to the point in you spent like what? Yeah, you spent like what eight <laughs> hours trying to shave off like zero point zero one of a second off a level. Like that, that, that doesn't seem fun to me. That seems like a circle of hell. <laughs> but at the same time, if you're take. enjoying it, um, <laughs> shut up. You know, it's been eight hours to shave off zero point zero one seconds. Fuck you, man. L take common common Seth L. Bozo. But, uh, but what if I had <laughs> fun doing it? Then would it matter? <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, these are video games. This is a hobby. None of us get paid to play video games. <clears throat> so I, I guess I cool you this, you did. this is the final thing that I want to say on this because I, I don't want to spend too much longer debating it. I am content in myself putting Neon White above Elden Ring, but the, the reservation isn't so much trying to justify why Elden Ring deserves second place. It's that when I look at what video games are on offer currently, I see Neon White and I see shades of things like Celeste, Super Meat Boy, other kind of indie, I guess kind of platformy type titles where speed is the main focus. That game exists as a niche. There's a good one that comes out every few years and those games always do well. When a game like Elden Ring gets game of the year and is such a different sort of game to where a lot of the large industry like publishers and AAA studios and everything try and push towards of predatory monetize, like monetization models, focus on multiplayer and live service and everything else. It feels like I'm doing a disservice voting for the game that uh, has had more things like it from across the gaming industry than Elden Ring, where it's a very... Um, like, obviously there are other games like Elden Ring, like all the Dark Souls games and things, but, but uh, I feel like in some ways, I almost owe it to making that game uh, a high placing for the sake of trying to reinforce that I don't like the live service multiplayer focused things where if companies look at Elden Ring and go, oh, actually, obviously this is completely hyperbole, but look at that, Neon White, the indie game with a fraction of the budget of Elden Ring did really well. Um, we could probably take that and fuck that into some weird hellscape Battlefront 2 situation all over again, that would be worse off. Not that it would be worse off this year, 2023, after these games have come out, but that meetings about what the next IPs are from various studios taking place over the next 12 months, we'd start seeing those trends reflected in the next, you know, three or four years. Like, look at how many fucking vampire films came out 
after how mm-hmm. well uh, Bloody Eclipse did. So yeah, that's very true. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for a response from either of you, but that, that's why I feel like I need to keep Elden Ring high, specifically as a fuck you to everything that's plaguing the AAA gaming industry at the moment. But at the same time, on a gameplay basis, holy shit, Neon White's great. <laughs> I think top three is still high enough, and it says more about the joy that Neon White gave you if you put it above Elden Ring. That, that's kind of where I come from in this situation, especially since it's such a personal list. I don't think you need to give Elden Ring that buff and put it at seconds for those reasons. If you, if you really did enjoy Neon White so much that you have to contend with this, I think that might say more about Neon White deserving it than letting Elden Ring sit there because the industry demands it. The industry should demand it, though. Jesus Christ. In one <laughs> game, really, for a reason. Yeah, damn right it did. Um, final word from you, Steve, and then we're going to move on. No, it, it definitely seems like you uh, are trying to be an Elden Ring apologist, but um, <laughs> for whatever I reason. I don't know if he's going to be oh an apologist God. for any of these games. I think it's going to be Need for Speed Unbound. He's, he <laughs> talked at length about the, the negativities of that game, and he's still going to keep it in the top list outside of and keep Pokemon down. Pokemon never wins. One of the biggest franchises in the world, and you can't even put it in the top three, eh, Pat? Hmm. <laughs> this has a lot about our society. <laughs> but no, yeah, with that sound, I've had enough. I, I, I love, uh, I actually love the, the idea of uh, playing Elden Ring going, I too am a tarnished. <laughs> <laughs> I will do everything I can to make this the best game of all time. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on. But yeah, uh, I, think, I think if I can go back and amend my, my 2022 best of list, Neon White coming in solid number two. Really wish I played it <laughs> before 2023. Anyway, uh, we get to move on. Why don't we actually, you know what? Fuck it. Steve, you've already trampled on me once. Who, uh, who, who, who do you want to go next? Uh, me. Oh, you. Big surprise. This guy. Self-entitled What's that? Yeah, I know, Classic right? Steven coming second. Man, <laughs> very rare case. Very rare. Um, okay, so I... <laughs> you know what? I'll allow that. Continue. Um, so I've been playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, and this, as you may be really surprised to find out, is uh, based on uh, the classic anime Dragon Ball Z. But is it based on... Who, who's Kakarot? <laughs> Who is the titular character of this? So Kakarot is the Saiyan name for the titular, for the character, the main character Goku, because Goku was a Saiyan, but his Saiyan name is Kakarot. But he was sent to Earth as a baby, uh, and his name when he got to Earth, he was picked up by Grandpa Gohan, and his name um, was Goku, uh, much like the tale of Superman. Stephen, I, I got that. a question. How do you know all this? None of that's in Dragon Ball Z. Did the game ever tell you this? Yeah, sure, I did. Why not? Um, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Look, I don't want to spend too much time retelling the story of Dragon Ball Z. Like, we all know the Why story. Why not? Namco does it every year. Yeah, but I give them money to do that for whatever reason. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Steve, just got to ask, what's it like talking about Final Fantasy XIV? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't know, but there's a, I, know, I can hook you up with a guy that can talk to you about that for quite some time. Just, it just feels like uh, Seth is just excising a lot of demons right now. Yeah, almost a bit of self-projection going on. But anyway, enough about um, that. So uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is, uh, it's like a, it's an action RPG, for better or worse. So it, it's- it, Well, is it, it for better or is it for worse? 
that's why I'm hoping to do my review thing. So if you just want to sit back and just sort of wait, unless you, unless you, you've got a lot of opinions, Pat. You got, you want to go? Well, huh? actually, huh? I'm just. All right. All I'm saying is, if, if I if I were listening to this section right now, I'd do the look at IGN video review and skip to like 30 seconds before the end, where it just gives me the cliff notes. This game was too hard. Um, <laughs> too much water. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking hysterical. This, this, this game was shit. I hated every second of it. There was too much water and there was bad enemy design. Eight out of ten. <laughs> Thanks, IGN. Unplayable trash. Um, so it, it's an action RPG. It has it's essentially retells the uh, the Dragon Ball Z story from when uh, Goku Saiyan brother Radix 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 Radish. Yeah, oh, man. Radish. I don't even think I've ever, I've ever said that word out loud. Um, <laughs> uh, from when he arrives back to when uh, Goku defeats Kid Buu, and then it's like uh, DLC with like the Battle of the Gods stuff and a bit of stuff from Dragon Ball Super as well. So. And recently they added Bardock, the father of Goku. Yeah, father of Goku. They've also done the, the Trunks timeline as well for the DLC. They've got two season passes now, which I don't really like. Just give me the content or make a new game. <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters 2, any day now. What would they do different? Um, nothing. More characters. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so essentially uh, it's, it's structured a bit differently from other Dragon Ball games. It, whereas in like you've got an open world. It is a very open world environment where you've got like a lot of different things to do. Like uh, everybody's favorite thing to do in Dragon Ball Z is to drive cars. Um, the favorite thing to do in a JRPG to fish. Um, and as you're, you know what? I want to cut you off for a second. I've seen the fishing in this game and it's horrifying because Goku just pulls his tail out of his pocket, attaches it to his ass, and then starts fishing with it. Yes, but it depends on which character you are, because like at different parts of the story, you do change characters. So if you're like, um, <laughs> sometimes you'll pull out someone else's tail. Wait a second, but this is supposed to be Goku's story. Yep, I knew, I knew as soon as I said that they would fucking come up. Um, but it's about characters around Kakarot's adventures, I guess. But like, uh, Gohan also does the tail thing. Piccolo and Vegeta bring out a fucking uh, fishing line. You can remember those exist. So, Vegeta strikes but, me as the type of person that instead of using dynamite to get the fish, he just throws a key blast in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I half expected him to do that. But yeah, anyway, so there's that. And then like as you're flying around the overworld, you can like collect ingredients. You can make food to boost your stats. Um, and you can, the world is it's open, but it's like hub, like different hub biomes or areas or whatever you want to call that. Uh, it is. Very, it looks very good to start off with because I, I bought this game like a year ago for like twenty dollars as, as I did, um and but I knew there was a, the Xbox Series X version was coming out eventually, so I sort of held off on playing it, and that was released a couple of weeks ago, um and after a couple of technical hiccups, I am playing it in like sixty frames per second, uh. 2160p because that's what my TV supports, <laughs> and it does uh, it does look a lot better and play uh, a lot better than I believe the previous version would. Yeah, just having something run at 60 instead of 30 just helps improve it a shit ton. Yeah, and and because of the technical issues with rolling out the Series X version, it turns out I played the first couple of hours in the old version. You had to download a separate upgrade version to upgrade your game, and then go back to the original version. I didn't know that, so I was playing in the old version. I'm like, oh. It's- doesn't really look like a Series X game, but oh, well, maybe it is what it is. And then I worked out how to do it, and I'm like, whoa, this fucking looks amazing. Plays in 60 frames, reflections are better. Um, amazing. Uh, 
so and, and as you're flying around the open world, you can the controls are a bit weird. Like uh, I think you ex- you accelerate with the normal D pad, and but you click the button into no, you press the A button. I think to like go really fast, and the the speed is really good. You can get you to wherever you are. Need to go on the map really fast without compromising the size of the world. But at the same time, to uh, I can't find the words to describe it. To fly up, you got to use the right trigger, and to fly down, you got to use the right bumper. It just feels fucking awkward. Like I don't know why you wouldn't map up to the right side and down to the left side. It just feels very awkward. I never feels that I'm like what I think I'm like twenty three hours into it now. Like I just cannot fucking get it right, and I don't know if it's just me being like wigging out. And having three, I don't I- think they've ever gotten flying rights on a Dragon Ball game. Yeah, so that and that brings to the control scheme overall. Like it never, it it's different to like other Dragon Ball games as well. Like it's there just seems to be so much going on. Like it's standard. Like you're pressing the X button to throw a bunch of punches, B button's the key blast, and Y button is the charge. But then you hold the left bump- bumper down to tr- to have like a different tab. For super attacks and super attacks are mapped mapped to AXYB. If you use the right bumper, um, then you can get your support attacks up if you've got if you've got a support character. And if you press both of them at the same time, you can use your transformations. It seems like it's giving you a lot of options, but it just it seems, sounds it's just, very similar to the Xenoverse games. It, no, the Xenoverse games. It was like I, I feel it was simple, um, and, and maybe that's because I haven't played the Xenoverse games in like three years and I'm looking at them through rose-coloured glasses. You're probably confusing the Xenoverse games with the Tenkaichi games because Tenkaichi was very simple in how you got the um, attacks out. But Xenoverse held down, you were holding down a bumper to get the menu out to do your attacks. But there's like three different bumpers to hold out. That's That's like my problem. Like it's, it just feels like they could have used other buttons. Like you could have like, clicked in the one of the thumbsticks to transform or you could use something like the d-pad to do something like and there's like there's additional menus to go through like while you're fighting to use like recovery items as well because there is a big sort of focus on this game to collect ingredients and to make food that will give you stats bonuses and health recovery Uh, not that you ever need it this game is like pretty easy Uh, and i i might have only lost like once or twice but that's only because A, I stopped paying attention, or B, I never healed up after one fight and I just went straight into the next fight and I only had like half my health. So I would have barely just lost. So I don't, it, it seems like it's tacked on a lot of stuff to do uh, and it gives you a reason to do it, but there's no reason to do it. Like, there's no need for me to hunt for a golden wolf to get an extra 10% in uh, physical attack when like I'm winning the fights quite comfortably anyway. And there is like a a weird leveling system that I will say works in its favor. Um, And usually enemies a couple levels over pretty much a borderline impossible to defeat. And I think that's the, the point that it's trying to make is like, if you're, if you're underleveled, go and do something else. Like go to a side quest, uh, go to a couple of like, it's got like weird random encounters on the map, which I think are fucking atrocious. Um, because you're flying around, then you'll accidentally run into something, and it's like, okay, we got a fight now, and those fights are done in like a minute, so it's not too bad. It's just very, it's just weird. Um, it it seems like it's 
open it's trying to do the open world meme and give you other things to do other than fight because the combat is not deep but what it's given you it gives you no reason to do that other than the, the oh it's just different to do just do it for the sake of doing it yeah and a lot of people have been asking for an open rpg like this for dragon ball for a while because legacy of goku games were very popular and nothing has tried to uh, emulate that since them yeah, but I, I, I've heard this compared online to those Legacy of Goku games. Like, it's 3D Legacy of Goku. And I did play the first Legacy of Goku game. And I, looking back, I, I don't know how they could do, like, an open world sort of game in the Dragon Ball universe that is different from what they're doing here that would be better. Like, it, 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 what they've done is great, and I fully appreciate it. But it just doesn't give you the reason to do it. And I don't think giving a reason to do all this kind of stuff would be good because then it'll just feel like, oh, let me just go back to the story or that. It starts feeling like Xenoblade where it feels like you're forced to do side stuff to stay leveled with the main story. Yeah, or, or even if you are, like, collecting ingredients to cook to give yourself more bonuses or something, that would just be fucking tedious. Like, oh, I've got to collect these ingredients that randomly spawn in areas. So I think it's one of those, It's it's become one of those things where it's, be careful what you wish for because we got it. This is it, it, the way that it retells the story is really good. Like to the point where like cutscenes go for like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, which is good. Like I, I like how they, they get the interactions with the characters. Um, there's like funny moments in there. Bulma has a different uh, appearance for like every arc instead of just giving her, Oh, this is what you look like in super. Let's just copy paste her into everything. Yeah. It's they, they stayed accurate to her uh, anime and manga designs for each arc. Yeah, and and they do the same thing with like Kid Gohan as well. Like when he gets like the bowl cut hair, and then he goes longer hair, and he's in the same armor versus like the the Piccolo armor. And this is made I, by CyberConnect too, as well, right? It is. Yeah, it's a CyberConnect Bandai Namco type of stuff. Yeah. So for the audience, if anyone's played the uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm games and seen the cinematics in those games, it's very yeah. similar to those. Like how expressive and over the top they get. Yeah, like, and it is good. Like, it's it's the combat isn't as good as what is in the Ninja Storm games, to be honest. Uh, but like the how it tells the story, the open world, uh, the cutscenes as well. Like, realistically, like I I've, I've seen the Dragon Ball Z anime so many times to the point where I can pretty much tell you what's going, pretty much what goes on off by heart. But watching it again like this, like it, it's it, it's a good way to interact with it because like it'll give you. 10 minutes of cutscenes and a couple of fights and then like a CG cutscene then a no- then a normal cutscene um it, it's really good way of like reliving the story like if the listeners at home haven't interacted with DB like Dragon Ball Z medium in a while I'd say this is a really good thing way to p- pick it up during some cutscenes like for example during the Namek saga or during different time skips where like everybody's training it gives you bonus XP to reflect that so it's like oh yeah like something's happened a character's training, here's some XP to sort of represent that. So it's like, and you might gain like two, three, four levels. So it's, the cutscenes are directly impacting the gameplay. And I really do enjoy that. Like, it gives it a bit more like what's actually happening is affecting what you will do. Like, it doesn't make sense for the characters to be like, oh, I'm going to go train for a bit. And then three years later, they come back and they're the same level. Like, it's like, no, I'm going to go train for a bit. Three years later, they come back and they're four or five levels higher. And I thought that was, that's a very interesting way of doing it. Yeah, so um, I have a question on your impression on something because when the game came out and I was just seeing people online talk about the game a lot, a general thing I saw said was that 
it felt like after the Namek saga, the game's budget for cinematic started to run out. Like, I saw a lot of people were disappointed that the big final flash moment wasn't a big CG cutscene. And it just felt like each arc got less and less big cinematic fights in, like, the CG style. What, what's yeah, your it, take on yeah. that? Uh, I didn't realize it until you said it. Like, I'm just at the end of the Cell Saga now, and it does feel like the... Man, now that you've said it, I, I'm kind of just thinking back, and yeah, it sort of did feel that the... They sort of did skip over or gloss over a couple of parts that have been, like, sort of cool to see. Like, the even Cell absorbing 17 and 18 and transforming is pretty, like doesn't have the same impact of when, like, Freezer's transforming. Yeah, so they blew their load on the first half and the budget started running out. Many such cases. I, in saying that, I've seen a cinematic for the Boost saga and it is absolutely fantastic, but I won't get into it out of courtesy for you. Yeah, I can, it's like what three big things that happen in that arc anyway. I can pretty much guess what it is. Uh, but that still does... It, those two cutscenes, that interaction, I still think it's a really good way of interacting with the story the side quests that it gives you because like in between arcs it'll be like an intermission arc and it's like you can pretty much do whatever you want you can collect the dragon balls make a wish for dumb items that you don't really need but like after you do like two side quests that are borderline fetch quests it's like oh there's nothing really else to do i better continue the story like it doesn't really do anything but at the same time it's one of those things it's like i don't know what else they would do like apart from giving you like a weird like a filler arc or something. I, I don't see what else they could It'd do. It'd be interesting to do the filler arcs, like doing the um, Garlic Jr. arc after Freezer. Yeah, but it, it does like the arc where Goku's got to learn how to drive because there are like, you can get a, uh, you can collect like materials to build a car and then you can do like time trial events that give you rewards so you can build a faster car so the fucking cycle repeats itself. <laughs> but there's no real reason to do that. Like it's fun the first couple of times and it's like, huh. Uh, riding a car in the overworld is slower than actually flying. I'm just going to fly. Um, and it's like considerably slower. The Saints Row slower. 4 problem. Yeah, exactly. The Saints Row 4 problem. Yeah. So it, it gives you all this stuff but it, and it gives you places to use it, but there's no reason to use it outside of those places. And there's no real reason to use it inside of those places either because all it does is just sort of upgrade it for it to keep being used in those spaces. But then like, I, I get the feeling I've sort of been negging this game a lot. But at the same time, it's one of those, like, I don't know what else they could do. Like, could they flesh out the combat system to the point where it's like a Dragon Ball fighters? I don't, I wouldn't really like that because then it might get a bit too complicated. And at the end of the day, this is literally, you're taking uh, control of the characters, you're beating the shit out of other characters, and you're reliving the Dragon Ball story. Uh, To use probably the worst phrase um, in video game medium, uh, this game really makes you feel like a Dragon Ball Z character. Does it really make you feel like Kakarot? That's, <laughs> that's the important one because his name's on the title. <laughs> yes, it does. But like, I was a bit worried. Would like you would? Do you feel like a him. bad father? Yes, he fucks off <laughs> very early. In the- God, but I hate actually, that the- um, well, he starts off into the game being a real good dad to to Gohan. Then he's yeah, like, and then he spends like ninety percent of the franchise dead. Yeah, and then he gets home from Namek and he's like, "Hey, hey, GG, can I take Gohan to train?" And she's like, "No, he's got to study." Nah, I'm taking him. Me and your other dad, Piccolo, we're going to hang out. <laughs> uh, and that, but at the same time, experiencing the Dragon Ball story, uh, sorry, the Dragon Ball Z story, is very, it's what this game does. Like, it's, if people haven't watched the Dragon Ball Z story for whatever reason, uh, I'd highly recommend this is, this is probably the, one of the best ways to 
to get into it. Like, cause then you don't have to worry about like the weird fillers in the original. You don't have to worry about uh, the unnecessary scenes in Dragon Ball Kai. Like it's very, very good. Uh, I really am enjoying this game. I know I've been nagging on it, but I think it's one of those things that's because what I wanted to do, well, what, I didn't know what I thought it would do good. And it, it can't do those things good. Like it's, I don't see how it could without being something else. I've been ranting for a bit. I really like this game. It, it, if it's a bit simple, that's sort of what it is. And it's sort of what I expected as well. I expected probably a bit more in the overworld. But now that I've experienced it, I don't think they can do anything more without it being something different or getting too deep into like the crafting mechanics or just bloating it with shitty side quests. Um, I'm looking at you, Borderlands. So for, for what it gives, it's, it's fucking fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. Like it was to the point, like it looks really good, the, the upgraded version as well, to the point where like I was watching a cutscene and the girlfriend walks in and she's like, hey, you're watching Dragon Ball Z again? And I'm like, no, no, I'm just playing the game. She's like, well, this looks really good. And I'm like, yeah, do you want to watch? And she's like, no. <laughs> uh, she, she's not a big fan of it. Um, not a big very, Dragon Ball fan. I, it's just it, watching it, uh, re- rewatching it with her a couple of years ago, she she's like, "There's no women characters in this show." And I'm like, "Oh, there's uh, you, you know what? There's, you know what? Uh, quick thing on that. <laughs> quick, quick thing on that. So you mentioned cooking before, right? Yes. Um, Who do you think cooks you? Did, you? Something you didn't uh, mention is that all the uh, you got like a stat board where you place characters to help increase all of your stats in certain areas, like oh, but like very by very small percentages. Yeah. yeah. Every single female character helps improve your cooking. Even Android yes. 18, who is a fighter, she helps improve your cooking. Yeah, oh, no. it's, yeah, and like the you you can like cook at campfires that are located around, but you can only cook basic meals at a campfire. If you want like a a decent food that like gives you like a dramatic static boost, you have to go to Chi Chi for it. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. Looking back, it suffers from the oh yeah, this is really for a teenage boys at best. Like there is and the. Dragon Ball was an 80s Shonen Jump series. Women did not exist back then. Yeah, or if they did exist, they existed like Chi-Chi and existed just to nag um, and borderline be a villain. But yeah, it's it's very good. I really enjoy it. I highly recommend, even if you are, even if you're not a fan of Dragon Ball Z, like pick it up, like it probably will reignite that kind of passion. I am seeing that it uh, is available on the Switch. I don't know what the fuck it would look like on the Switch. Probably not Don't very shit. good. Yeah, yeah. Not, not great. Yeah, but at the same time, maybe that's because I'm comparing the Series X mode, the next gen mode, for lack of a better, or the current gen mode, I guess now, um, to what it would be like on the Going from trip. 4K but 60 FPS to 720p, 720p. maybe 30 FPS. <laughs> yeah, 24 frames. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this. So 8 out of 10 for me. And the, the, apparently I've heard that the, I've got the, the two season passes as well, because once again, I've used my Microsoft rewards points. Always use those. Um, the DLC, yeah, like the how, season- how long did you spend talking to the Bing AI to get that many points? Doesn't enough. <laughs> Look, I got it for free. Time is your most valuable resource, I guess. Um, but yeah, and apparently the DLC are like, uh, are, are pretty good as well. Like it does the. Dragon Ball Super stuff plus tr- the future Trunks's alternate future, and then Bardock, the father of Goku, and they've just announced some more DLC that uh, take place in like like the I don't want to say it, but like the Dragon Ball universe as opposed to Dragon Ball Z, when like Goku's just like a a teenager, young adult. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the twenty third 
Yeah, the one got... World Tournaments where he yeah, bites the one Piccolo. Ja- the, what, yeah, the one like the last saga of Dragon Ball. Yeah, so it should be like good to see what 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 that looks like. I'll definitely probably play that as well. I think I think it's part of the season pass that I've already got. So that'd be fucking sick. But yeah, eight out of ten, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Very cool. Well, thank you for that, Steve. Uh, no, Steve, thank you. you. Should go next. Um, I think we should I go to reckon, a break. I, I reckon you should go again. <laughs> <laughs> again, huh? So neon white. <laughs> <laughs> neon white for real this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. no, so why don't you tell us about Tales of Arise? This is where the Tales of Arise segment would go, but I didn't like how that turned out, this recording. It was really long, drawn out, and not great. So to save everyone the time of listening to some rambling, I'm just going to get my thoughts together better for the next recording, and we're just going to skip right to the news. We're going to move into part two for this week, which is, of course, the news. Uh, boom. Amazing segue if I do say so myself. Oh, got you to the third one. Fuck it up, didn't you? Uh, anyway, first up, uh, Shinji Mikami to leave Tango Gameworks, uh, which uh, I very surprising because they just did a very successful game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush as well as uh, other, you know, The Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. So um, they they weren't as successful. Actually, maybe Evil Within was uh, pretty successful, but Ghostwire like Tokyo I feel was like- pretty. Well, like, okay, Ghostwire Tokyo might not have been successful, but it was like it was it was notable. There was there was hype for it at, at various stages of it, but even within um, quite a few people, because that that got that's a franchise, right? That's multiple games. That's two games at this point. Yeah. 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 Cool. He, he directed the first one, and then he produ- he oversaw the second. Hmm. And of course, Hi-Fi Rush being one that uh, Shadow dropped. What was that? A month ago now? Yeah, uh, about three weeks, bit. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Anyway, February uh, fucks I, up time because it's the shortest month of the year. It's true. It's two true. days shorter. That two days Sometime. makes all the difference. Yeah. No, I just, it's just weird how he's, they just did such a good game and he's like, nah, I mean, I- yeah, I think he, I, he, he's been in the producer role for such a long time now. I think he only directed Evil Within and he's just, I guess he's been leading the company since then. He's probably decided to leave for greener pastures to go develop a game for someone else. Um, what, what really strikes me as funny with Shinji Mikami is that this is like the third company he's left. He's been with Tango for 12 years, which is a fairly long time. But in a very short time span, he left Capcom to go start up Platinum Games, made one or two games with Platinum, and then left them to go to, to start up Tango Gameworks. So I'm curious if he's going to go back to one of those other companies or if he's going to start up another company. Hmm. Well, we wish yeah. him all the best regardless. Uh, next up on the list, uh, not only are we losing Shinji Mikami, but E3 is losing Nintendo. Yeah, this was, this, this, this was this rumored a couple no of weeks one. back. Yeah, um, It is just no Nintendo one. hard confirming it. Game uh, Christmas already- is over. We already knew that uh, Sony and Xbox were skipping it, so this is the what, what do you want to call it? The um the the third the final nail the in the coffin. Oh, okay. Or that I was trying to think of better. Ubisoft's but... kind of just like rubbing their hands together, licking their lips about all this time they have for themselves at E3. No one's gonna all, watch all it. All the ways they can talk about uh, their company slowly going down the toilet. They'll they'll spend forty minutes on skull and bones. <laughs> yeah, they will. It's in the back, though. We we swear it's in the back. It's it's not here ready yet. 
But we swear, it's better than last time. Skull and Bones is in a school in Canada, trust me. Uh, and, then, and then at the end of the presentation, it's just a big, we love you, Josh. We, 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 love, the support of our, we, lo- we love the support of our fan, singular. <laughs> Looking forward to your $80. <laughs> and then they go back to licking their lips. <laughs> anyway. And, and then Josh, um, Josh is somehow, he, he knew this was going to happen. He goes to E3 ready, just so you can say, I was waiting for it to come to Game Pass. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Game Pass is a really good service, so nothing game of W's, am I right, fellas? Uh, it's Skull and Bones, so no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still torn on that line, like a free game's a free game, but it wastes your time, and time is your most <laughs> precious resource. Um, the one thing you cannot earn back. You can't try all of the bad free games. You want to continue rambling, or am I going to earn some of my time back? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, did it, he did it so panicked this time that it peaked the microphone it did it did can't wait for future Seth to fuck around with that and put whatever noise we're doing to replace all of these uh, in the episode but, like, can you do like ah um, oh, fuck I'm gonna go Shit. look into the edit and Eddie sound fonts no I uh, I promised someone I'd do a different catchphrase <laughs> but I forgot can I start a different catchphrase now or is it too late you've or, used three this episode <laughs> Well, when you when you're editing all my catchphrases, I want you to go back, and I want you to you got. I'll give you two choices because I'm a benevolent uh, ruler, benevolent catchphrase guy. You can either do "Wow" from Cars, or you can do "Kachow" from Owen Wilson. Those are your two options. But like with that intonation of the, you've just been given socks for Christmas. Like wow, wow. Hey Patrick, fun idea. Yeah. What if I reverse those so it makes Steven look like an idiot where he says Wow by Lightning McQueen or Kachow from Owen Wilson? It's not funny at all. <laughs> uh, it's very funny actually. <laughs> Thank you for supporting me in both my ideas. Well, anyway, so this uh the the next article, speaking of uh not game pass related things. Uh, wow, solid segue. <laughs> you want to leave it to the professional next time or Yeah, you got a segue big color? <laughs> Yeah? <laughs> Fuck with. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for the level of aggression, I'll be honest. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> down, boy. Down. Can, can, we, can we bring it down to a 9 instead of an 11? Um, Valve is limiting the number of default Steam keys, 5,000 per game. So, I, I read this article. I don't think I quite understand what it is that they're doing here. Yeah, I, I don't get it at all. So... What they're doing is they're limiting the amount of, um, of keys that developers can give out for people to redeem them on Steam. So they can only do up to 5,000 keys. Um, this is their way to get around like key resellers um, that really undercuts uh, Steam's uh, prices, I guess, mostly. I, I guess the, the, the bit that I don't get is like a developer wants to make money. So why would they willingly... Get more keys. Kickstarter. And then- people, they, they, might, there might be things like Kickstarter where over five thousand people have backed them at a tier where, yeah, well, if you give us this much money, then we'll just give you a key to the game, and that's going oh. to put a big hamper on those sort of people. So, what's the right. difference between like giving a key for the game and giving the game itself? Is it the same thing? You can't just give the game itself to people's accounts. You have to give them a key to redeem on Steam. Yeah, otherwise, uh, okay. so it is game. Game yeah, doesn't get his uh, cocaine money if it's just in keys. Yeah. Man, Steam must be in dire straits so if they have to do stuff like this. I heard they're also cracking down on password sharing. People can password share on Steam? <laughs> <laughs> I want to play Tales of Arise. Give me your PlayStation, Seth. 
and the, yeah, and the if you have a PS5, I can just give you my account so you can play it. I don't have a PS5. I've got a PS4. Um, yeah, it's that's it's very strange. I don't know why they would. Maybe Steam is struggling. Maybe they are losing a bit more of their market share to game uh, to code resellers. I'm not sure. Do you guys? Oh, I rarely use code resellers like G2A and all that. Do you guys use them? I've used a couple. Um, this is going to. This also hits websites like Humble Bundle because they give keys. I, that's what I was wondering. Humble Bundle, I think, would be more than a G2A. Um, yeah. Impact here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Green Man Gaming as well. Like, there's legitimate websites that sell keys. It's just. But, uh, yeah. That's pretty rough then. Yeah. It'll be interesting. And they also have, like, this thing where they're like, if this one place is asking for too many keys at once, like 2,500 or more at once, then they're going to, um, like, put a block on them, which. When a humble bundle deal happens, I'm pretty sure they're going to be asking for a shit ton of keys. Hmm. Yeah, they're they're very good deals as well, and it's for a good cause as well. Nine times out of ten, as well. So I don't Ooh, know if they've been as good as the cause since IGN bought them out. Oh fuck, that's right. I forgot that happened. Man, that's crazy. I think we went through the same realization the last time we talked about humble bundle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably twelve months ago. So I'll see you in twelve months, humble. But yeah, we're, I'm not, interesting to see if this will change game prices or anything. Uh, it might impact the indie scene a bit more. Yeah, it, it's going to it's going to be fucking over a lot of the smaller uh, companies, I imagine. Uh, what does Epic Game Store? What's their policy? Can they do this? I don't know they, if they can get keys. Oh, fuck! Come on, man. I don't think they have a cart yet either. Still, <laughs> Jesus. I may be wrong about that. Well, I mean, Epic Games, in order to get you to even open the launcher, goes here's this game for free. Although, yeah, they, they did side, get a lot of games. Side tangent point, I fucking hate the notification system on, on Epic Games because if you, are, if, you, if you log in for any reason and do something stupid, like, I don't know, launch a game you want to play, if there's a deal on in a store, a notification that you cannot get rid of easily will tell you, hey, this thing is free right now, go and download it. And there's no way to, like, remove the, or at least as of the last time that I fucking, that this happened to me. There's no way to remove it, and if you click it, it minimizes the thing you're doing and takes you to the store. Jesus. It's just like, hey, can you not give me war flashbacks to Games for Windows Live, please? So, I, I can confirm right now they did in fact add a cart. <laughs> yeah, ah, that's cool. what big, big for them. Hope it goes well. Anyway. Uh, Are we all next... signing into Epic Game Store right now? No. No? Next up on the list... <sighs> I don't really know enough about this one either. Uh, Saf, you want to hit this one? Blasboom News? Yeah, sure. So, um, Toshimichi Mori, he's the, um, creator of the Blaze Blue franchise. Um, he left Arc System Works a few months ago. I'm pretty sure we talked about it at, when it happened. Yeah. But, um, it just came out that him and a former Marvelous executive, um, Toshinori Aoki, um, they've been basically given money by NetEase Games to start up a studio called Studio Flare. Um, not much has come out about them yet. They're just currently hiring 2D artists, 2D background artists, and 3D artists. So that's that's very similar to Blaze Blue assets. <laughs> so, so what what you're saying is uh, they're just going to get AIs to build the game? Ah, uh, oh, oh, that's a dangerous that's a dangerous thing to go down, but. They're saying they're hiring the artist, so maybe not. They, they, they didn't 
they're they're not hiring Silicon Valley bros. Silicon Valley bros. Um, AIs can make games too. No, no, they can't. Oh, not yet. Not and hopefully one. never. And as long as we keep smashing the printing presses, they never will. An AI-developed game would go as good as um, Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, I didn't even play that. No, it's bad. But yeah, so are you looking... Is this a good idea, Seth? Yeah, no, between I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I really like the Blaze Blue games, so I'm confident in him as a creator and director. Um, just need time to see what he pulls up, but, you know, it's cool that he's got his studio. He's uh, leading at the moment now after leaving mm. Arc System. Cool. You reckon well, he'll do yeah. more fighting games? Yeah, the, the artists he's hiring, they kind of sound like the same sort of assets that Blaze Blue use, so maybe it'll be another fighting game. But maybe not. Maybe he'll branch out. Maybe it'd be a wrestling game, Seth. Wouldn't you like that? You know what? Yes. Yes, I would. Oh, I yeah? should look well, into if- that wrestling RPG we talked about at one point. I forgot oh, about shit. that. I forgot about that too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, actually, that, that threw me because that did look kind of hype. <laughs> um, uh, speaking, speaking of things we love, um, uh, we, we have the important announcement, which, again, probably doesn't surprise anyone, but awesome that we got hard confirmed. Uh, we have Elden Ring DLC on the way, but like, an, like a, sorry, an expansion DLC, not just, hey, here's the Colosseum, go get fucked up by people better than you. You know, this is a real, real actual... New area, maybe? New Guys, story? It's happening. I, I and, am and very... When they give a date, I'll do another playthrough. And you know what? You know what? The, the Elden Ring has announced the DLC expansion before uh, Forza Horizon 5 has announced their second one. You're never going to let that go, are you? I'm not. I'm not. And you know what? You, if, you brought that up if, last week as well. Uh-huh. And if Forza Horizon 5 comes out and says, you know what? You're right. We're adding Battle Frontier to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. I'd be like, fantastic. I take it all back. It's fine. But- Cope. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Hey, sometimes that's I all can we can hear, do. This- I can hear the gas leaking out of the copium container. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that gas is being, is being reabsorbed by uh, Luminous Productions and what they think they can do by merging with uh, Wheeler Dealer <laughs> NFT Stealer uh, Square Enix. Wheeler Dealer NFT Stealer, yeah. eh? That was beautiful, Patrick. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I, I knew this was going to happen. Everyone did. Oh, actually, it happened maybe, maybe faster this, than I thought it would. Yeah, th- this, this, one, this one maybe isn't as a shock. I, I, think, I think this one specifically is less of a shock to this podcast specifically because you were so adamant that this was coming. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I knew this... I, it, it just happened faster than I expected. I thought they would at least get the Forspoken DLC out before they announced it. <laughs> and in case anyone asks, yes, they do have Forspoken DLC coming out. They, they didn't really talk about it. It was just part of a um, deluxe edition that was just kind of buried over to the side. They're like, yeah, if you pay extra, we'll give you DLC in the summer. <sighs> crazy. Uh, fucking crazy. But yes, Gronix <laughs> says that on May 1st, they will be reabsorbing Luminous Productions and the employees of Luminous Productions will just be part of Square Enix's other um, development studios, which, honestly, best case scenario out of this situation. No one's getting fired. They're all being spread to, um, to other teams or maybe becoming their own uh, business unit. Like, I believe this was um, business unit two at Square Enix before they 
branched off into being Luminous Productions, and now mm. they'll probably just go back to being Square Enix Business Division Two. But my, um, my favorite part with more is, oversight. Uh, the Luminous Production team even released a statement, and I'm just going to verbatim read uh, one one chunk of this. Uh, you may have heard the news that Luminous Productions is merging with Squeenix. Beginning on May 1, our talented team will join Squeenix to deliver new innovative gaming experiences to players across the globe. NFT, boys! <laughs> it sounds coming. like... Balan Wonderworld Part 2, let's go. How, how about we don't do that and we just make them work on the other Final Fantasy games that everyone's excited about? Take some, take some of them and put them on Final Fantasy 16. Take some of them and put them on Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2. Maybe See, put some the of them is, on Kingdom Hearts 4. The thing is, if, if the statement had said... Uh, we're merging with Squeenix. Our talent team will join Squeenix. Fine. But it's the fact that they say deliver new, innovative gaming experiences. That's the red flag for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just that's, going to bury that, my head in Squeenix, the sand. Squeenix li- licks its lips and goes, how can we lose money today? <laughs> how, do we, how do we tie all of these names to another failure? <laughs> <laughs> they've got like the Pepe silver board and it's like there's <laughs> like the global heads of the various business units going it's difficult but I think we can make it work <laughs> like right in the middle where it says Pepe silver is the Luminous Productions logo yeah. <laughs> but yeah they, oh, they promise that the DLC is still coming they promised the patch is still coming once the DLC hits for Spoken that's probably it that, that game's done and dusted yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, as you said, like as you quite rightly pointed out, this is the best case scenario. So we can meme on it all we like, but this is the best case scenario. Yeah, no, um, I'm glad no one lost their jobs over for spoken. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to give us the uh, cliffiest of cliff notes for the exam we have on tomorrow on what was announced at the absolute state of play this this week? Yeah, sure. So. A bunch of PSVR 2 stuff was shown off. They're neat. Yeah, wahoo, move the on. The trailers are horrible. You can't do trailers for VR stuff. Yeah, it's fucking atrocious. Uh, Goodbye Volcano High is apparently a real game coming out June 15. Uh, do you want to explain that what the game is, Seth? It is a furry VN about dinosaurs on the last year of the world before the meteor hits. I, and they're I at like school. half of those words, but I hate the other half. I don't know what to do. <laughs> which, which half do you like and which half do you hate? I refuse to elaborate. Good. Uh, moving on. Uh, they, they found another way to sell us Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. <laughs> Get, getting into that one because it kind of it hits back to the Kakarot thing. Naruto x Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections got announced. Um, it's basically stitching together Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 1 through to 4 to make one long cohesive story out of it. And they're being updated to be like 4K 60 FPS. So, cool. 60 FPS is a nice addition. I'll probably get it on sale. The collection exists already. I don't really think. Nah. I think it was what it looks like at the end, like, because the, the collection sort of goes on sale quite frequently for, like, fucking 10 bucks. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, it's sort of be interesting to see how this works. But I think the like, collection is, like is a- also capped at 1080 30. So, yeah, if you're, if you're true, interested, yeah. if, if the frame rate and resolution boost interests you enough to go, Ooh, pretty. Then it'll be worth it when it's on sale. Yeah, on sale being the keyword there. Wayfinder did a trailer. I don't know anything about Wayfinder. I don't think anyone cares about that. Chia is 
got an announced date for coming out March. This has been at basically every state of play for the past year. Um, looks neat. It's coming to PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Deluxe um, on day one. So it looks like the indies are getting the Game Pass treatment from PlayStation. Humanity got shown off. That looks pretty neat. <laughs> Having a big crowd of people with red lightsabers going against a big crowd of people with blue lightsabers was pretty funny. <laughs> Destiny 2 Lightfall launch trailer got shown off. Um, it's cool if you're up to date with the Destiny 2 story. You can no longer get into the Destiny 2 story properly because they've locked, they've vaulted the first half of that game. Oh, wow. yeah, that's right. I did, uh, remember that. Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to PlayStation 5 on August 31st. Oh, yeah, that's mad. Uh, Steve, when's it coming to Xbox? <laughs> I was going to lead into that. <laughs> Not funny at all. <laughs> it, it, it was such a big controversy that Xbox fans kept hammering into the, um, the developer's Twitter account. And they're like, yeah, so we have Xbox versions in development. We don't want to announce them because they're broken at the moment. We want to be sure that it's working before we give them a date. And one of the examples they gave for why it hasn't been announced is that they can't get split screen working properly on Xbox Series S and the game needs to be exact same on Series S and Series X. So if it's broken on one console, it's, got to, it's, it's not allowed to come out on Xbox. Yeah, uh, many such cases. Capcom stole the show by showing the last three characters for Street Fighter VI. They showed Zangief, who has uh, Fi and Peck jiggle physics. They showed Lily, and they showed Cammy, who is now probably the horniest character they've ever made in a Street Fighter game. After Zangief, uh, Resident Evil 4 got a new trailer that, that <laughs> continues to look fantastic. Mm. And then we got 15 minutes of uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Very Yay. strange how we got that towards the end. There, there, there is nothing to say about that 15 minutes. So, do we, do we want to move on to Pokemon? I think we move on to Pokemon. Yeah, let's just move on to Pokemon. Uh, and you know what? Uh, why, why don't we... Why, so, we just had Seth hit uh, Absolute State of Play. Why don't we have Steve hit... Uh, go, absolute go State of Pokemon! Steve, 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 live in the field with, uh, with the latest Pokemon news. Cool, so... Uh, first off, big happy birthday to Pokemon. Um, happy birthday, so, Pokemon. You're, you're old. Yeah. Uh, so it's, what, the 27th year this year? So essentially just to give a back, bit of background knowledge to what it is. So Pokemon Day happens on the February the 27th, which is the anniversary of when uh, Red and Green actually came out in Japan in 1996. It's one year older than me. Good on you, Pokemon. Young bastard. Uh, so usually what... Since I think 2016, what they've started to do with this is they've started to do a. I think I whinged about. Well, I didn't whinge. I talked about it last week. It's like they just do like a. Since 2016, they've started like announcing a bunch of stuff. And this was no exception this year. Uh, so there was a bunch of announcements that they sort of went on about. They sort of spoke to start off with about uh, the Pokemon World Cup that's being held in. Oh, sorry, Pokemon Worlds. World Championships for the VGC, TCG, Pokemon Unite, uh, and Pokemon Go being held in Yokohama, Japan. It's there, there is a supreme lack of Pokemon tournament there. Yep. It's over. Fighting games are dead. Uh, so that's... They, I started with that. That was pretty... It was interesting. Um, I'm probably not going to go. I'd like to go, but I 
probably won't. Yeah, it, it would be fun to go for it, but it, it'd also be a fair bit of money to go. And it'd be fucking very, very busy. Um, like, it's probably be different if it would be in, like, somewhere like, like, it was in London last year. It's been held in Washington, D.C. before. It might be a bit different there, but, like, in a place like Japan, then it's a very high interest in Pokemon. It'd be fucking impossible to do anything there. Yeah. The, the new um, logo they did for the Pokemon World Championships this year is also really cute. I'll throw it yeah, up on the video podcast for everyone to see. But it, it's cute. Yeah, yeah it looks cool. Uh, and then uh, they announced that they partnered with Netflix uh, to do a new sort of weird... It's a, a stop motion. Oh, I love, I love that it's a stop motion thing. You know what? You, I you don't hate get that very much. Yep, I hate stop motion. I think it is a thing of the past. It is ugly. It, Fucking animated like normal people, but that's fine. We'll see what that looks like. Um, that's called Pokemon Concierge. Uh, seems to be about a Psyduck or something living. Oh, sorry, it's a Pokemon trainer living in a hotel that supports Pokemon. Should be interesting. Um, they also announced the a classic version of the Pokemon trading card game. Uh, it seems it'll be like pre-constructed decks and accessories type of things just on uh, the press release that Nintendo put out for it. Uh, this is, I honestly think this is pretty sad because when you get a TCG that does something like this, that is like, hey, we've gone too far. The power creep has gone too much. Let's start again. This is, this is, bas- no, I don't think this is a start again thing. This is a novelty item. It's, oh, like, when you, it's okay. like when Yu-Gi-Oh does a set that's like, hey, remember Dark Magician and Blue Eyes and Red Eyes, our most popular cards? Give us money. Oh, uh, I, th- I thought they would. Because, uh, yeah, Pokemon TCG is very weird. It has like, it doesn't do ban lists it does like you can only use these it's, sets and the other ones yeah, expire. it rotates sets out yeah which i which i think helps with here. the power creep situation uh probably not so much not um, as much yeah but, but it just seems if you yeah, yeah if you look at like what the highest hp in like the base pokemon tcg set is like 120 and now like the highest hp you've got is like 400 or something like the power creep is Definitely there, but you're always going to get stuff like that. But usually when a company, especially a TCG, does something like this, I didn't realize it was uh, a collector's item. Uh, So maybe it's just me not reading it that much. Um, They announced Pokemon Sleep, everyone's favorite uh, time to go to sleep. They they, they finally, after six years, (laughs) wait, no, no, uh, May 2019, so not six years, uh, four years. Yeah, so they've re-announced it. COVID feels like six. Yeah. Yeah, might as well be. Yeah. Uh, It seems like it'll be something that literally tracks your sleep. Like you set what time you're going to sleep, you put your phone to the side and it sort of monitors the noise and the light level in the room to give you an estimate of how much you sleep, which is pretty weird. I think you can also set an alarm clock to wake you up. Yeah, which got that on my phone anyway. But it's weird because on pretty much every activity tracker these days, like your Fitbits, your Garmin, Samsung gears, all that kind of stuff. They've got sleep trackers in there, and it doesn't seem like there will be the thing with for those cross is that communication. I, this is probably a very much a me thing, but I find going to sleep with it like a Fitbit or a Galaxy Watch to be really uncomfortable. You get you get used to it, like uh, in a bit of psycho. Uh, me and a bunch of my friends got a bit psycho in 2019 and decided we'd all get like. Fitbits, and we'd pretty much wear them 24-7, and we'd send each other sleep scores and compare and contrast what's going on. What I love, what I love, let's just go back earlier. The idea of spending a couple hours trying to absolutely just get frame-perfect level run. Boo. Steve hates it. 
the idea of Steve going to sleep and comparing scores with friends, <laughs> uh, where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, uh, normally people sleep for like seven or eight hours. Uh, so uh, even longer, really, than, than playing the online He closes his eyes one frame faster and open them up one frame faster than everyone else. Yeah, uh, and suddenly, no, if you get a better quality sleep, you're ten out of ten. <laughs> well, sleep is not the new neon white. Well, neon white is the new sleep. Um. I just can't <laughs> believe that they announced as part of Pokemon Sleep that if you set the if you set the um, phone upright on like a stand with the camera on, that you get more points. <laughs> but you have to put it in like the cuck chair that you've got at the side of your bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not the jar. <laughs> um, but yeah, as part of this Pokemon Sleep, they announced there'd be some sort of connectivity with Pokemon Go. They didn't really go too much into it. But they also said that they'd, that, and, and as someone who studied marketing at uni, I know a good name when I hear it. Uh, so the, the accessory for Pokemon Sleep is called the Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Um, the first plus being, the first plus being spelt out and the second uh, plus being the symbol, obviously. So as Naturally. someone who did a marketing degree and knows a good name when they see it, is this a good name? No, it's fucking well, he confusing. He hasn't seen it yet. I he, literally he, just read it out. He can read the name. <laughs> what are you talking about, Pat? Hey, I just wanted to give you an easy out. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening in Pat's head at the moment. Um. <laughs> you know, the best part of this Pokemon Sleep stuff is that, um, is that my boy Totodile got shown in an official Pokemon trailer, so I, I technically get a win here. Man, if that's what you want as a win, man, Totodile fans on Suicide Watch. Surf. He's better than that. Totodile um, gets to sleep on the bed. Um, <laughs> shit's the bed. Uh, so it seems like this Pokemon <laughs> Go Plus Plus will do something. It seems like it's one part sleep monitor, one part uh, thing you can use for Pokemon Go and you press the button and it sends out Pokeballs and stuff. Um, how much would you guys pay for this? For this Pokemon Go Plus Plus accessory that does very little? Oh, oh for the accessory? Um. $20? $20? How much did you pay, Seth? Uh, Pat? Whoever you know is. Okay, oh, well, oh, so, um, ask me again. Um, 25 <laughs> I guess. Are we, are we playing the, play, the Price is Right rules? <laughs> sure, why not? $25 and one cent. Fuck you. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, all right, personally, how much would you expect this to cost, Pat? I mean, yeah, like, like a basic kind of sleep tracker. Because... So for me, I'm I'm comparing this to that weird Pokey Walker thing that came out with Gen Four, where that was like oh yeah, the twenty bucks. Yeah, well, didn't they get only get that for free? You could only get that with the game. You couldn't buy that separately. Oh yeah. shit! What's the one I'm thinking? Oh, am I yeah. thinking of the the Pokemon Go accessory? There was one that you yeah, could buy Pokemon, separately. That's, that's the Pokemon Go Plus, <laughs> but not the Got Pokemon Go, Go Plus. I already plus. fucking hate this. Yeah, um, I told you. And, uh, I don't know. Wait, you yeah, leveled here. Also. Also 20 bucks, but because my, my 20 bucks is worth less than Seth's, I guess, like 18 Australian dollars. Well, uh, you can pre-order it now, strictly one per customer. 60. Uh, for 79.95 Australian dollar dues. And they- Pokemon is a fucking scam. Why do we want so much? All I'm saying, if, if, if this were Price is Right rules, I would have won. You would have won, 100%. Good on you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, so that, and that Pokemon Go Plus Plus is available middle of July. I think that's a fucking scam. Yeah. Um, it is literally, it is a sleep tracker, which your phone already does anyway, for the uh -huh. Pokemon Sleep app. Um, yep. And it plays Pokemon Go for you, which means you don't have to play Pokemon Go. So I don't know what the fuck the point is at that point. But Steven, yeah. it has a Pikachu Definitely. wake you up. <laughs> yeah, you can set that alarm where the Pikachu wakes you up. Um, but I reckon um, I'd probably last it's, it's, three it's mornings. It's just in a, in, a, in a Pikachu outfit that just slaps you. <laughs> 
Comes out of the cuff chair. <laughs> Breaks um, into your house. You'd last three mornings, but how many mornings would your girlfriend last? No, that's what I'm saying. I'd last three mornings before uh, my girlfriend would drop the Pokemon Go Plus. Plus. Fr- plus sorry. Yeah, the Pokemon plus, Go plus. plus. Sorry. The Pokemon <laughs> Go spelled out plus, plus symbol. At a Colin high enough Austin. altitude that it, <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. You beat me to the punch. Hey. Um, well, yeah, but my girlfriend would kill me with this. She'd beat the shit out of me with it. And she'd be right to do it. Um, yeah, because you've got to set to Pikachu. <laughs> well, should I have it set to? I'll ask her what her favorite, I'll ask her what her fa- favorite Pokemon is. And she'd be like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the yellow one, I guess. <laughs> she'll say Pikachu, but point to like Bubblesaur or something. Yeah. Um, onion dip. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of the, oh, and they also announced, um, that there is going to be DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which sort of everybody saw coming. Um, it's split into two halves. Which everyone saw coming. Yep. Very fucking similar to what happened, uh, with, uh, Sword and Shield. So it is, it, it's, it, it's essentially split into what seems to be like a Japanese festival-themed event, and then... You know, when the trailer was playing for that, I thought they were going to be announcing, like, a Legends Johto game because Johto is such a Japan-inspired thing, even more so than Kanto, I feel, like... You you know what would have been even funnier? If they play the trailer and then say, Pokemon Scarlet Violet Shadow of the Erd Tree DLC coming soon. (laughs) Ooh... Yeah, so that'd be pretty cool. That both games announced their DLCs around the same time. Look, I'm just saying. Imagine fucking the professor wake up tarnished. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, so yeah, so they announce a um. So it's the treasures of Area Zero is the name of the DLC as a whole. Um, but there's part one, the Teal Mask, uh, which introduces uh like four new Pokemon, a bunch of ugly legendaries. Yes, uh, and then there's part two, the Indigo Disc, which looks like it's the fucking turtle with a bunch of all the type combinations on its back. Um, they kind of left it a bit vague on the details and what you'll be doing here. Uh, it should be interesting. Uh, they also said that there's a bunch of new returning Pokemon that are coming back, which is uh, not surprising. But also kind of shitty. I hate this, um, this method they're doing where they slowly roll out older Pokemon from the national decks into the games through DLC. Look, we, we all saw... Um, the state that Skull and Violet launched in, I reckon if they had 401 Pokemon, the game would have wet the bed. So maybe they <laughs> needed to do a bit more work. So I personally, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. That, actually, we need to talk about that too. They announced that, there's a, that they're rolling out a solution for that, but that part of the solution is they're just removing wild Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're cutting like 20% of the Pokemon spawns or something. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Good. I don't care. There's too many Pokemon. Improved performance it, at any cost. It became hey, a problem buddy, when, just, you, when the spawning was literally right underneath you while you're running. Quick, yeah, quick, yeah, check, quick, quick info check. Uh, where the fuck are you playing this game? Uh, in Paldea, a region, and I believe the term is filled with Pokemon. <laughs> All right, you got me there. Um, yeah, anyway. As, you know as what, as Patrick, well, you're right. If I take one step and I'm not triggering a wild encounter, then the game's <laughs> failed me. Hey, all I'm saying is, if kids these days don't have to go through the pain of Zubats and Caves, they should at least have to go through the pain of literally every Pokemon when they take a step outside. <laughs> That's all but, I'm saying. But yeah, so- uh, You walk outside still... and somehow you walk into a room full of Dragonite. <laughs> it's still Zubats. <laughs> and he was sent to be run to death. But yeah, so they are 
the the price for this is fifty two Australian dollars for both of the DLC things, which I think is fucking robbery. Um, it's pretty much the price of the base game at this point. What the fuck are they doing? Forty seems like it would have been fair. Yeah, for, yeah. forty I would have winched about twenty or thirty. I'd been okay with, but it literally seems like they're treating this as like a third version, uh, and they're charging as much for it. And if it's as much content as what um, Isle of Armor and uh, Crown Tundra were in Sword and Shield, that's not fucking worth it. Uh, but hopefully there is a bit more. Man, I wish we had the Pokemon DLC champion Josh here to say it'll be fine. <laughs> but mm. then again, he hated this game. <laughs> I think it would have been funny if they announced DLC and it's... What, what, what's the name of the book? One of the points that we all talked about was how there was that book. It was like, here's this magical book. The Scarlet Book, book and the Violet with... Book? Yeah, so it was yeah. the Scarlet Violet Book. Where the DLC is just, you get to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yes. Um, but yeah, and as a, they, they announced a bunch of things. So like Pokemon Masters. Which Actually, you know what? I was disgusted by Leon and Hop's voices in that. You know what? Like, they I, got I'm... fucking voices, Seth. You got fucking voices. <laughs> we did nothing but bitch and moan about Scarlet and Violet not having voices. And we get voices for fucking Pokemon Masters. And you got fuckwits like you that are like, no, 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 the voices. Yeah, I totally <laughs> I, agree I, with I, you. The voices Marnie sounds fine, but... No, they all sound like dickheads. All of them sounds like fucking nails on a chalkboard. I hate it. I hate it so much. But the fact that they've got voices, we've got to take the wins we can get. We gotta get take the wins we can get. The mistake was making a region in Britain. British people, British moment. I, I, I think can't, just English I can't I'm saying this. I agree with Steve. <laughs> you know what? Aye. I would have been fine with it if I had time to adjust, but because it was just one line, and that's all I'm ever going to hear from Leon and Hop. It sounds disgusting. If you gave me a full game with them being voiced, I would have been adjusted by the time they did play Masters, happened. play Pokemon Masters. They get a bunch more lines. The whole thing's fucking voiced. It's really cool. But it's a gotcha game. It is in fucking deed. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and they announced a, a tie-in event with Scarlet and Violet, and I'll just say this because it's pretty funny, is they um, dropped two new Pokemon, uh, Paradox Pokemon. Uh, so for Pokemon Scarlet, you've got uh, Walking Wake, which is Tyrannosaurus Suicune, and you've got Iron Leaves, which is Robotic uh, Verizion in Pokemon Violet. And I think it, apparently from what I've been seeing online, these weren't even in the game, uh, so you couldn't even data mine them. There was concept art for them shown. It wasn't concept art. It was like that picture in the game. Not concept art. Is it? Are we talking about the same thing? It might have been pictures in the game, but it might as well have acted like concept art because those pictures don't represent the final looks at all. Yeah, we we, we might be talking about different Pokemon here because Seth initially unveiled that as Soycoon, so that sounds like a completely different and frankly fucking stupid-ass Pokemon to me. Yeah. So, don't know what you... Well, be I, I, I'm sorry that Verizon Mobile doesn't look as good as I thought it would. <laughs> hey, they're in the future, right? Marketing yeah. departments were slashed. Um, but yeah, so it, it's pretty neat that it, it, they still sort of surprised us with this kind of thing. I'm a very big fan of like not only free content, but free content that's like surprising. Like this hadn't been data mined. So it was, we didn't know we were getting this and they announced it through raids. Um, it's a shame the rating process is just fucking atrocious because you actually have to interact with other Pokemon players and I'd rather die. The, the only <laughs> thing I don't like about this is that, like all Pokemon things, it's time limited. So you only have until March 12th to get these Pokemon. Yeah, that's pretty rough as well. Um, it'd, it'd be interesting to see if it comes back in the DLC or something like that. I wish Pokemon treated their events more like Monster Hunter did where yeah, you no, just download it and it's in the game forever. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Let's let's, let's just put an asterisk on that one, though, because that is... That's every Monster Hunter except for Monster Hunter World. 
Thank you. Yep, that's the asterisk. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the, the Pokemon Day announcement. There was no new game announced, uh, which Not to be surprising. honest, we're in, yeah, we're, we're in that second year where they either do the DLC or the third game, and we don't get third games anymore. Uh, so it looks like we'll have to be waiting another 12 months until we get like a Legends colon um, whatever. Or a remake of Gen 5. Yeah. Uh, so well, what, about, what about a remake of Legends Colon Arceus? Ooh, hang on, I might be on with that. A bit more brighter texture pack. I reckon we'll do that one. Remake this. of it. We make it more like the <laughs> older Pokemon games. Yeah. You know what, Seth? Uh, you're out. All right, I get to go play Neon White. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act happy about that. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I'm that's happy it. on your behalf. But uh, I'm also not happy about that. I'll, I'll find that frame advantage. And, you, you know, just, just, because, just because Patrick skipped over it, real, real quick, Farm Fancy 16 update, not, not 14, 16. Skipped the, um, over that for a reason, but you know what? No, fuck it. No, it's fine. The, um, the preview embargo broke today, and we've gotten, uh, people have started releasing their hands-on impressions for the game. I'm not going to get too deep into it like I did with the mistake of the Elden Ring one. Um, there's about 45 minutes of gameplay footage floating around that was given to everyone to use as B-roll footage. Everyone's coming out from it very positively. I suggest watching Final Fantasy Union's video and Skill Up's video on these. They're, um, they're pretty in-depth and go over a lot of what people want to know about the game. And just, just a couple of important tidbits to cover on the podcast itself. Um, they announced that there's no difficulty select in the game. Um, what, what you do is if you pick, a sto- if you pick story um, difficulty in quotation marks, like story mode, they give you five accessories that just kind of help ease you into the game better. Um, there's one accessory that helps you do um, auto combos, one that auto dodges, and the others are just like, hey, auto top up my HP when I when I'm getting pretty low um, or automatically have my AI partners do things instead of me having to um, uh, command them. Uh, They said uh, the game's going to be timed exclusive on PS5 for about six months, but they're not promising the PC version is coming out six months after that. They're saying if there's problems with the PC version, they'll push it back. The exclusive window is six months. Um, they also said that the game's going to be coming out on time. The only way the game's going to get delayed is if a meteor hits Square Enix's headquarters. And or if Luminous Productions join. Or if Luminous Production joins. That's just as bad. And they'll be releasing a demo two weeks prior to the release of the game. At, at minimum, two weeks. Um, so every, everyone that is going to get it on PS5 has a chance to try out the game for themselves. But yeah. Will you be one of them? I, I will definitely play the shit out of that demo before the game comes out. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for wrangling control away from me, but that's, uh, that's fine. Uh, being forespoken for, uh, <laughs> never, never, never goes well. Uh, anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of the news and actually the end of episode 62 uh anything people want to quickly flash up what we can expect next week uh Wolong comes out on friday Wolong fallen dynasty it uh, does. and once again 
um, I am flexing on all you fuckers that are coming out for free on our wonderful favorite service, Game Pass. Uh, so I have already pre-downloaded that, and I will begin to play it soon. And I that will bring sh- the I- total number of games that I am playing concurrently up to five. I need to get my brother to do the family sharing on Steam with me because I've given him access to all my games. I need access to all his games because he bought Roy Long. He bought buying games, eh? Yeah, I know it's a foreign concept to Xbox users. (laughs) Mm, Very funny. Share passwords too. And I will likely be trying to get through some of the heaven and hell level rushes in Neon White. Maybe I'll mix it up. Maybe I'll go back to Pokemon, uh, not Pokemon, Monster Hunter stories. We will see. Maybe next week we can have an actual discussion on what Neon White is as a game. Perhaps. Perhaps. That would be interesting. Uh, But until then, I've been Patrick. I have been joined by Seth and Steve. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Happy birthday, Pokemon!